It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Welcome on in, everybody. The season is underway. I got to enjoy uh, three days of high school basketball at least before heading to football, and Joe was able to take in quite a bit more than me, uh, partaking out of games Friday and Saturday as well. Um, we got a fun episode here for you. We're going to have our first two takes of the season and then get into a little recap of kind of what went on and then a look ahead at a really busy Chicago Elite Classic weekend. How you doing, Joe? Better than you do. You got to put f- football to bed and ramp it right back up again with with basketball. But uh, it's it's always I you know I always talk about this. I think every year it's like a broken record. If you could record me, press play. It's not a take at all. It's just <laughs> just don't take too much stock into what happens that first week. That's that's my always my warning every year. Those funky scores that don't seem right you know it's just ah, i don't know thanksgiving time is just a i consider it they count the games count they do but it really is a form of exhibition to me um i i I, I, I set the bar low my expectations when i go to thanksgiving tournaments are low and sometimes i get pleasantly surprised this year not so much i didn't see very many close games i remember one year i got lucky i don't know all the years blend together but I remember coming on this exact podcast and thinking, man, I saw this game and this buzzer beater and this nail biter and this overtime. And that didn't happen for me this week or this past week. My my question is, should we consider the Chicago elite classic? I feel like we act like that's not Thanksgiving and we take that very seriously. But I was thinking yesterday about how many teams over the years I saw their best game of the season. Was it the Chicago elite classic? And they never reached that height again. I've also seen some of the worst games of <laughs> particular teams. So I'll counter your, 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 that with, uh, well, you know, it, it, it is, it, it does take time. Like, I mean, it does. Oh yeah. The, the, the best games to me, when you really start seeing it come together for high school teams, without a doubt to me is Christmas time. Uh, and then it's just kind of, you move forward from there. But nonetheless, let's get into some takes. Uh, I've got one, Mike. And, and again, this is also a a common thing in sports, what I'm about to talk about. And it's probably something, it's something either you, either you or I have, I think we said in the past when a season starts a number of times. And that's, but the competitive balance and the parity, I think, is really, really, really real and going to be this year. And I just think that even I realize we're just one week into the season, but what better way to provide a fair warning for all our listeners uh, and high school basketball fans than before the calendar hits December that yes, this is going to be the year where I think it's the balance is deeper than, than it's ever been. And I just, I, I took that from yes, those scores that I just talked about don't take much into account, but also, you know, what I saw, and 
just the overwhelming balance in these conferences, these leagues. And I, you know, I'm not sure how high of a level we're talking with the balance and, and the the depth, but I, I do think it's extremely balanced, and I really do think you're going to have more teams ranked in that 18 to 25, 20 to 25 range than ever before. I think it's just going to be an absolutely fluid thing for you as you do your Sunday rankings. Probably combination of nightmare and fun uh, with including maybe new teams, um, you know, and, and it's always fun to, I know everybody gets all hung up on rankings and it is fun to, to get new blood in there. I like to see that. I know you like to, you know, let's, let's give this, this team a chance. They've earned, you know, a resume, this and that. And, and, you know, I look at the college football rankings. I see a Liberty uh, ranked 25th, I believe. And that kind of stuff, you know, happens in high school basketball. And so my point, my take is just simply, yes, this year, <laughs> I probably said it before. You've probably said it before. But I just really think it's true. Uh, and, I, and I think, Mike, I, I, to carry that on, I, I think we'll eventually, because they haven't really played one another yet, I think we're going to see the teams we view as the best who are near the top of the rankings as well. I think they're going to beat each other up. Or and I think there's going to be even maybe more upsets than we're accustomed to seeing of those top ten teams. Maybe I'll be wrong, uh, but you know, I, I just look around these leagues, the competitive balance, and, and even the top conference that we talked about, the Catholic League Blue. Right now, you got you know four teams winning a, you know I think five teams won a Thanksgiving tournament. Um, yeah. So anyway, it, that that's my first take. Just the the balance is here and it's real. I think um, I, I definitely agree. Like I can't, I couldn't make head or tails rankings wise what to do with that hoops for healing group. I mean, yeah. everybody beat everybody. Like yep. who was I supposed to, I think what technically Fenwick won, right? But correct. But, but they, they got, yeah, they lose. <laughs> yeah. Everybody lost one. It, it was, yeah. It, and it made no it, sense. Like Oswego East beat Fenwick, but West Aurora beat Oswego East and Naperville North well, beat. Well, Naperville North lost to West Aurora by 25. Yeah, what was then, that was the score that made no sense to me. But what the, was and came, then came back the next night and beat Oswego East. Yeah. Well, I, which that was at that game. Um, yeah, it's yeah, prime example. I, I think we're gonna see, I think that's a micro microcosm of, yeah. of what I just said and what I think will be seen. Yeah, I didn't know what to do with that. I'm looking at that yesterday. Well, well like, even the that. Thanksgiving, even the Thanksgiving tournament we were at together, um at Wheaton yeah. Academy, you yeah. know, Lake Park loses to who they lose for the opening night oak park and then you know that that tournament too had decalb lost twice there yeah um i watched decalb and plainfield north that first that night that we were there and i would have never have guessed that plainfield north would come back and beat decalb yeah I, so yeah that's kind of my point but yeah it's definitely and, and i think that's going to be part of my first take here uh I saw a home at Flossmore against Marion Catholic, which uh game I always like to go to. I didn't get there last year um, because I was down in Washington watching Jeremy Fears return, but uh, they moved it to three o'clock. I'm not, actually, I don't know if it was at three o'clock last year too, but this is the first time I've been at a three o'clock HF versus Marion Catholic Thanksgiving Eve tilt. And the crowd was, it, it was funny. I, I posted a clip of Bryce Hurd shooting i try to do some video highlights with basketball like i do with football but it's just really difficult like 
you know, when somebody gets in the red zone, I just start recording everything in football. Cause I mean, it, but it does take like, sometimes I'll have to do 20 plays and then I'll get the touchdown. There's no like basketball equivalent <laughs> of being in the red zone. I would have to just like, anyway, so it's a nightmare, but I managed to get one good clip of Bryce Hurd hitting the shot. And it happened to be in the background was where the Marian Catholic student section was and it was empty. <laughs> And so people all week on Twitter, like even Chase Adams is like, what happened? Why is nobody at this game? It used to be the biggest thing. Well, it that eventually filled in, not like packed, but it did eventually fill in. But that was the only area of the gym that was not full. HF brought all their kids, you know, the sides of the court were full. There was just, they were pretty late arriving, the Marian Catholic kids, and they didn't pack it. Um, but anyway, my, my take is that Bryce Hurd um, very much lived up to any expectations I had for him and kind of, of a as a nationally ranked player and as someone that we expect to be at the top of that class. And that was nice to see that I think that might have been the third game, could have just been the second they'd played, but um, wasn't any waiting around. You know, he was right there ready to step up and I he'd had an injury and he got a wisdom teeth taken out the week before. So he wasn't even like, I think a hundred percent physical. So that was really nice to see. I enjoyed that. And he's going to be fun to watch over the next two years for us. And kind of take B part B of my take. And I I went back and forth, but if I should say this or not, I don't know about HF. Um, it's early and like you After said, Thanksgiving. I, Thanksgiving. Yeah, they just my, didn't my look, cr- like check checking them out. <laughs> they didn't I think uh... what my, it's I'm not like I'm not like <laughs> totally dissing them. It's just they weren't like Joe just said he thinks that the top teams are gonna take losses. And I think that yeah, but I have not seen Kenwood yet. I have not seen Thornton yet. You know, Downers Grove North isn't even a full team yet. You know, so I, the only one I've seen in the, uh, that's supposed to be in the upper echelon is HF. And while they did what they should and looked good, I think these transferred, these teams with all these transfers, they they are going to take a while. My point is this was not a team firing and all cylinders ready to go and win something right now. And I don't think anybody thought they would be, but Mm. they definitely weren't. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I, you know, I think again, it's going to take time and that's just another little caveat with it, with, you know, some of these transfers with, not just, you know, the Thornton and yeah. HS, but there's other ones too. You know, we saw, you know, Romeoville get upset by, you know, I think that was a, a significant upset to, uh, to Juliet Central, I think. Uh, yeah, Romeoville lost yeah. to Juliet Central. The Steel so, you know, and they, they, they had another team that had, some you know, some newcomers. So it, it's up and down across the board of how many teams have newcomers that need to blend in. Uh, my second one is, was my second take was driven from Michael O'Brien's uh, football Coverage this weekend, private versus public. Oh, gosh. I thought I was going to get away from that. Joe. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what better time to talk about it one time and put it to bed than right now when it just is sweeping the uh, social media. Um, you know, it's always a hot topic, but it took center stage a little bit with what, you know, you had with the high school football coverage this week. And it's usually this time of year whether it be Joy Catholic or Mount Carmel or Loyola or whoever wins it, their umpteenth state football championship. Um, but, you know, as it relates to high school football, yes, but I hear it all the time in basketball. and It, it, it never goes away. It's more prevalent now, and it's more prevalent in football, uh, I think, right now, too. I, I don't know. I don't know why in terms of why it keeps ramping up, but it, it does keep – it does – and maybe – 
you disagree, I don't know, but it, it seems like it keeps building with a little more fervor. Um, it's always been there. I know it just seems like it just keeps kind of building up. And I, and I feel like you always need to, before I make my, take my take, I feel like you need to clarify. Uh, I'm a public high school guy. Uh, I didn't go to a private school. Well, I didn't first through seventh grade, but uh, it, it's just, it, it's just something I never want to see. And I guess I'm talking obviously in the realm of high school basketball. I would never want to see private schools in their own class or private schools competing for their own state championships. Uh, you know, and, and, and part of me is, is there's a bunch of different reasons, I guess a, a few of them. I, I, I love the history of the sport. I love looking back at, uh, and honestly, the rare times that the private schools win a state championship in high school basketball. I mean, Chicago Catholic hasn't had a, a big school state championship. Uh, I don't think St. Joe's was in the Catholic League yet when they won it. No, uh, it was the SCC. Yeah. So, you know, since Mount Carmel and Melvin McCants in the 80s. So it's it's a little different animal when it comes to high school basketball, but it does – the topic is, is interesting this year from what, Mike, you said last week and what I believe and that the best basketball right now is the Chicago Catholic league as far as the league and the conference and the, and the talent. And I think we've seen a shift. Um, and I just think it would, if, if, if people think, you know, if this were all to change, and again, I love the history of the sport, that's part of it, but I also love the competitiveness of this, of the sport and the wide range of different types of schools and different types of avenues that they're, how they're built. And um, if you think, and I think this, but other people too, if you think it's watered down right now, um, ugh, I, I I don't even want to see it with 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 private schools and their own their own setup and different than, than public schools. So I just figured, why not throw a take in there this one time of, hey, I'm on board, keep it the way it is. Um, I not that it even matters what Joe thinks. Um, just just my uh, public private take. Yeah, I, I also um, don't want it to go that way. It's, but no, it's definitely um, bubbling up for sure. And it, it, like you said, it's been a long time issue. But I know, you know, IHSA people I spoke to, they feel that it, it's reaching a breaking point too. Um, so th- and you, and you even you mentioned somewhere, I don't know if it was a tweet or art, a story I read, or, or sometimes I think maybe sometimes I get confused when we just talk, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, that you think it will be put to a vote in the near future sooner than later. Yeah. I wrote that. I, I don't know about sooner than later. I know of it. Oh, see, the thing is that if more football, they got to vote on districts first, that that proposal lives right now. So yeah. we could be in a district system in two years. Um, and, and I think, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I, I a lot of people believe that the IHSA has tried to keep, it's done everything it could to keep this vote from happening to split public and private. Cause it would be, you know, once the vote gets through committee, well, once the proposal gets through the committee, it'll win overwhelmingly. Cause there's like 600 and there's like 700 public schools and 500 private. Right. So if it gets to the vote point, it almost can't it has to happen, but before it gets to the vote point, it has to go through the committee, but the committee is made up of like 90% public school people. So 
I, I don't know how that's going to go. All, but... all, all of these unofficial polls, I've been always tempted to do, to, to, you know, those official unofficial polls I've done where, whether it be yeah the, 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 the shot clock or the classes of basketball, you know, two versus four. I've always been tempted to ask public schools. I mean, coaches off the record, give your vote. And, and I kind of know where it's going to go. I, I guess I shouldn't say this. Um, south of eighty, uh, I I just I don't know. What, what, well, if you did a vote in the Chicago area, if you had a percentage wise, you th- what percentage do you put it at? Sixty percent public schools would vote that way. Football coaches? No. Oh, uh, just the, the school. The schools. Yeah, I think eighty to ninety. Really? See, I don't think it would be that high. I, I could be absolutely naive. Um, I th- I mean I think it would pass. Uh, I mean, well, to me, to me, the way to do it is simple, and I think we do have the same problem in basketball. It was ridiculous that DePaul was playing for a two-way title last year. We have things that need to get fixed both ways, like that, and instead of splitting them, they need to. It, why is Mount Carmel playing for a seven-A state title? I mean, that's stupid in football. <laughs> These schools, what they need to do is change how schools get added to classes, how that is determined and the non-boundary schools, whether that be Chicago public league basketball teams or Catholicly, or shouldn't be winning two way titles. So you want the success factor? uh, No, I think it has to be based on population that you're drawing from. And Oh, oh, I see. There is a proposal currently in front of the voters for that. Um, It's, it might be so a little your thirty mile radius is dictates the population dictates what class you're in. Exactly. Yeah. And there is one now that says, I'm gonna butcher this, but the proposal is something like um you average the enrollment of the schools in your thirty mile district radius. So like for Mount Carmel, it would be all the public schools that are within thirty miles of them you average their enrollment and that's the class you go in hmm. um so that that's literally in front of the voters as we speak um something like that and to me i'm not sure what the best idea i haven't thought this next step through to how exactly to do it but to me that is definitely the first step that should be taken before we split right i mean i i would just honestly i would hate a split absolutely yeah. hate it but all right yeah i agree um my take seems pretty dull after uh, I, I, I went out. I, I told Joe about this one. Uh, Marist was exciting. They're the other team I, I got to look at. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see um, uh, from Eisenhower. Um, sorry, what's AJ Abrams? Abrams. Well, I got like five minutes, and then the poor kid got hurt. Bust was he out the knee. whole the whole tournament? You know, I think he's out the whole year. I think. Oh yeah, it was his, it was bad. Yeah. Broke his ankle or hurt his knee or whatever, but they sent out a the team sent out a tweet. They're not trying to hide this or anything. He's out for a very long time. Um, so he was a an active, fun player in the five minutes I got to see before the poor kid uh, went down. So I felt bad um, for him. But the the star that I wrote about Stephen Brown, I'm sure everybody read that. Um, he's definitely taken a huge step forward. But Darshan Thomas, the transfer from Fenwick, is all the transfers I wrote about and talked about for two weeks. He is not one I even mentioned. And I think he might be one of the top five most important 
uh, after watching these first games and he kept it up. He was their leading scorer in almost every game. Um, he's a good player, uh, six, four, six, five type can handle the ball and shoot it and really active. And he's, he's really, I was worried about Marist, their seniors having like some senior leaders. They got all those, you know, juniors and sophomores. Well, not worried anymore. He's a leader. Um, he clearly was talking about how much he was enjoying, you know, taking the younger guys under his wing and he can score and it elevates um, to me Marist's ceiling this year for me, um, how, how well Darshan Thomas played. Yeah. I, I remember literally 12 months ago to the, the Thanksgiving tournament that I watched Fenwick in and he, you know, kind of stood out to me as a, you know, that was a really, really, really young Fenwick team last year with a bunch of sophomores, mostly sophomores. And then, a, you know, he was a junior and he just flashed that type of upside that you, you know, you just kind of starting to tap into it. So I, you know, that move, while he wasn't one of the high profile names, I, I you know, I really did think it was going to be impactful for them, uh, particularly for what, what that, what that Maris team needed. They got a bunch yeah. of guards, uh, you got a bunch of guards and Steven Brown, and then he kind of fits in there perfectly for them, uh, you know, with, with, with the personnel that they have. But uh, no, I mean, I, I, again, I, I don't want to take too much away from, from Thanksgiving time. What I, even when I thought I knew or what I saw, you know, then would, would kind of change by some scores that I saw. I, I you know, there's some teams that I, I have not, I purposely almost went, not that I didn't go see, I saw good teams, but I didn't go see some of the real higher ranked teams. We'll get an opportunity, obviously, to see a whole boatload of them this weekend at the Chicago League Classic. Uh, and again, I just kind of, my takeaway from that was just just that parody, you know, and and to, to, to go by what you, what we were talking about with the scores, you know, I went to, Man, my mind gets all. I went to Palatine and saw Stevenson and Glenbrook South. Stevenson was pretty much taken apart by Glenbrook South. Um, Glenbrook South ranked Stevenson's, you know, new coach, new players. And then Stevenson came right back the next night <laughs> at, at Palatine and, and picked up an impressive win over York, which the night before I watched. And they were very impressive and building a 20 point lead against Palatine, which is another, you know, solid, solid mid suburban team uh, in that, in that league. So it's just the scores, just every time I looked and, and, you know, whether it be the teams that I saw play uh, like the ones we talked about or ones you just, you know, we, another proof of this, Mike is, I, I don't know, you kind of do this too, but uh, um, I, I, I keep a book you do as well, I believe. Yeah. And I was looking, Mike, and I, I'd have to count. I have more teams. And I, what I do is my notebook every year I've got this. And I list all the teams that I think are going to be obviously ranked and then a whole nother maybe 20 schools that could be ranked or I want to keep track of. And I do that craziness of seeding sectionals that coaches kind of ask to look for and I do that and I have to keep track of this book to kind of keep track of that, to see to myself. But my point is, man, I, I, I have to have more schools listed initially in my little book than I've ever had and keeping it a little bit more time consuming, trying to keep tabs on all of these schools and teams that 
uh, that I'm doing right now at the beginning of the year. I've already checked off. I won't tell you who, but I've already checked off two, two that I put in there. I've already wrote them off. Yep. Uh, we'll, not, <laughs> we'll not be keeping their scores anymore. No, I, and I just have more and more that I, and I've added probably another half dozen that I didn't initially put in there. Um, I always leave my little space and one page. Anyway, nobody needs to know my system, uh, but I kept adding and adding and, I, I didn't count them, but it's definitely, I can tell by the thickness of, of, of the pages that it's the most I've ever had at the start of a season. I, um, I always have, the, I always start with 80. <laughs> it's my, uh, 80 schools. And it's usually, you know, the ones I think are going to be good. And obviously the Joliet schools and then Pontiac yeah. schools, cause you know, we help out <laughs> seeing that and I need to follow those guys. So I always yeah. do 80. So that's, I don't have more or less. Um, but, uh, and I also have, I always feel bad when yeah, it's like two scores in and I'm like, yeah, you guys, sorry. And, and I'll, I'll usually replace that page then with someone who comes out of nowhere. <laughs> that I'm gonna keep right, track right. Of. But you, well, you know, I, yeah. I always feel really guilty when it's like, Oh, this is the second score and I'm not interested in you guys anymore already. <laughs> sorry. Oh, it, it happened to me yeah. this year. I had the name of the school at the top of the page. Everybody's gonna be like, I wonder who that was. No, but uh, top of the page, I saw their opening night score and I didn't <laughs> write it down. And then I went back the second night to see what they did. And I'm like, okay. So I never officially even wrote one of their scores down. <laughs> you were just done. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of work, like physically. Oh, writing yeah. things down. Well, so you, you said you, st- you say you started at 80. Yeah. I realize, and I've got, I keep all the books. I realize that I have never counted like you did. Oh, you all, that's all my pages. So, so yeah. Well, so what do you think was, I do a couple, the, the biggest score of, I, I think the biggest game, obviously it's Thanksgiving week, but I think if there was one statement game for me, um, it would be Thornton's win against Rich Woods. Um, I mean, best, that's the best game by, by, by far it was the best game. Yeah, Um, it was. And they were down. I saw most, I wouldn't watch it obviously, but they were down for like three quarters, come back and win. And I think it's important because we weren't sure how quickly that was going to get going. And we knew they're very talented, but to come up with a win that big, that early um, has got to give Thornton a lot of confidence. Oh, for sure. I mean, and, and the highlight, you know, they, um, the two big boys playing, you know, two, two future big 10 players. Some of I'm kicking myself a little bit. I was at Palatine that night. I had time to drive to Rockford and I was going Ooh. to, and I didn't do it, but um, yeah, I mean, Somerville and Merez Johnson, the two best bigs in the state of Illinois going head to head. You know, I, I don't know if people noticed and this probably isn't, doesn't resonate with the Chicago area, but Metamora lost already. Um, oh, juice. I, I, I didn't see that. Uh, they lost to out of state school. Oh, okay. Uh, only reason I knew is because Porter Mosier at Oklahoma, uh, called and asked if I was at the game. I said, no, because the player that they have signed, I think scored 49 oh, against Metamora. So, um, he wow. was all excited, but, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, I just, um, again, I try not to think too much. I, I don't know if there's a score that, you know, completely jumps out at me. I mean, I think there's a, some teams that are. Four and oh, you know, not more so more so than a score, but uh, several teams that I think uh, who are off to these quick, fast starts and, and some that have kind of, you know, I, I could team like deal South didn't necessarily go out and beat world beater, you know, but for them to get off that four and all start was big for them. Um, you know, teams like that, 
you know, well, Bonsi Valley, 4 0. Yeah. Uh, they, they really manhandled or took apart Batavia, held them to 31 points in the night I was at, at thir- um, Saturday night game I was at. So, you know, they, they, that DuPage Valley Conference, you got five teams. Uh, well, I, I'm discounting Naperville Central, but I mean, they were off to a 3 1 start. So, yeah, it's, I, we, we learn more and more. We talked about it before we went in the podcast. Uh, the storylines develop, and we'll we'll get a better feel for that. You know, it, it started this weekend with with what's always one of the biggest events of the year, Chicago League Classic. Joe, do you? I know you don't live on Twitter like I do. Uh, can you can you tell me? I'm putting you on the spot. There's only one team in the area that has six wins already. I'm gonna guess it's a team I've never heard of. <laughs> the best part is they have six wins and a loss. They've already played seven games. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a team out there that's already put seven games under its belt in the week that you don't want to hear about. <laughs> it's a uh, Red South Central too. Diet, they are six and one. Huh. Pretty wild, uh, huh? Seven. Uh, you got twenty four <laughs> games left, is all. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a quick winner for for Diet. Knocked was... out almost twenty percent of the season. <laughs> yeah. In one game. All right. Well, let's take a look here at the uh, at the week ahead. Um, it's Monday as we record this, and I'm a little I for many reasons I can't get to a game tonight. We got a lot going on in my world, but so I guess it'll be over when you hear this. But yeah, uh, Matea Valley Downers Grove North. I don't know if the football players. I don't know if they'll be back yet. Even if they are, they're gonna have some football legs, so that could be tough. Um, and Manly at Lincoln Park. Manly's a team we'll be keeping track of all year. They are. Um, uh, I think a real contender down in um, uh, the smaller class world. Um, Tuesday tonight, as you're listening to this, we got Fenwick at Mount Carmel, which all of a sudden seems like an interesting game. St. Patrick at Marist, which is clearly a big game. Yorkville at West Aurora. Simeon's down at Thornwood. Warren and Jackson Davis is at New Trier. An undefeated Joliet Central is at Joliet West. That's a hot Tuesday night for the first uh or uh, Nutrier, that that sounds like a fun one. Yeah, uh, right. Or Nutrier and uh, Yorkville took a took a loss or a loss to Burlington Central, so they got to bounce back against West Aurora. Uh, Wednesday we got Christ the King at Wheaton Academy, uh, Lincoln Park at Kenwood. We didn't mention we should have Mike Irvin is suspended for the first two games of the season after they had a kid for not enrolled play at Riverside Brookfield with them. So Mike Irvin will not be coaching that Lincoln Park Kenwood game. That's their second one, but he'll be here for the weekend. Um, Thursday is kind of a, is the lightest day of the week by far. Waukegan is at Lake Zurich, Oak Lawns at Hillcrest. That's, that's about it. Friday, we got Loyola at Brother Rice, Glenbrook South at Glenbrook North, which feels way too early yes. <laughs> for that. Uh, DeKalb's at Matea Valley, Palatine at Barrington. And then this one kind of feels too early. Bloom at Thornton and well, especially no, considering the Saturday game. Yeah. The Duquesne, Batavia, Lake. Park's a good one too. Yeah. Um, so Thornton's got a big weekend. Friday against Bloom, Saturday against uh Kenwood. Uh Friday night at the Chicago Elite Classic is Simeon Hillcrest, St. Lawrence against Marist, Oak Park against Fenwick, which looks way better than it did a week ago. And mm-hmm. Lane DePaul is the nightcap around nine. Um, but the big day is Saturday. Joe's been working on a big preview of it. Uh, let's start right off with the the big one, which isn't the last one. It's like in the 
late in the evening. Second, Thornton second, Kenwood. Second to last. Yeah. Second to last. Thornton and Kenwood, one verse two. They've held for a week at least, so we could have a one verse two. Um, any thoughts on that one, Joe? Well, will it be the only one versus two we see all year? Oh, I have no idea. So early, I thought. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just, uh, Kenwood, Thornton, I think it's going to help that Thornton has a few games under its belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it always, I think, it, it usually makes sense that it would. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's um, it, it's just interesting because I, I haven't seen Thornton. I mean, it's one thing to say you haven't seen a team, but I've never seen them, <laughs> yeah. like, never play together. Like, like, never seen them in Thornton uniforms. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, in high school season. So it's just such a brand new team. I mean, it's the most brand. Is it the most brand new team of any team ever? Yeah, it's got to be. Seriously. Right. Yeah. A highly ranked team. I mean, um, so, yeah, I, that, that 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 game to me, obviously, is is one that you kind of would like to see in February or March. I, I, wait, they're four at three A. Like yeah, Thornton's three A. I was confused yeah. about that early in the seat in the right. So I guess that's cool, you know, because Kenwood's four A and they won't play each other in the in the postseason. So, um, will, will Michael O'Brien be having Kenwood wins four A and Thornton wins three A and Mike's doing his final rankings and he has to go by a result from <laughs> the Chicago League Classic to determine his number one team. No result nullification. <laughs> this game will stand. <laughs> yes. Uh, as long as, they, you know, they don't meet in some consolation matchup. Anyway, um, we've also got uh, Bolingbrook versus Warren, which is stuck at 1030 a.m., but it is going to be fascinating. We've got the two freshmen. Jackson Davis has already posted some serious numbers in his first, like filling up the stat sheet. Uh, Warren's off to a nice, nice start. They did lose to Mount Carmel, but we're very competitive. If I'm not mistaken, they're playing at 10:30 a.m. because Warren plays a night game that yes. night. Is that correct? I believe it is. Yes. Right. Um, okay. Make sure. Uh, Double dip. I think they play like a uh, Kelly or something. Um, they play. They host Kennedy at 5:30. Kennedy. Yeah. So, All right. That's a lot of driving. From... So if you miss them on the morning, you're going to head out to Gurney. <laughs> you can hit that one up. Um, Lindblom Joliet West is the opener. Um, that should be an interesting one. And there's a RB uh, versus St. Ignatius. I'm excited to get a you know, look at both of those teams for the first time this season. Then we've got um, all the other games on Saturday are Ch- Chicago area teams against out-of-state teams. Yeah. And there's like a stretch with three of those in a row. Four a lot, of those in a row. Yes. A lot of state champions. Vashon, state champs. Cardinal Ritter, state champs. Pace, state champs. So nice. pretty cool. I, I always enjoy Vashon. Um, they're yeah. one of the teams from out of state. I mean, they're, they're barely out of state. Um, they're always fun for <laughs> me uh, <laughs> to, to watch. I enjoy uh, checking them out. But it should be a, an exciting day. I'm kind of happy Thornton Kenwood is happening soon i kind of wish it was the first day i really liked it i think tyrone slaughter the young coach was responsible for that a couple years right having the big game the monday of opening to open the season mm-hmm. uh, i missed that this year more than i expected to miss <laughs> it it was all at once it was kind of annoying but now that it's gone i i really liked it i thought it really 
got attention to basketball and got things kicked off nicely. So if anybody's listening and wants to uh, next year, get that role. in, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think the other thing we should note, I know I talked about this with Jack Gleason, but I don't think we did Joe boy. There were a lot of games. We're back to pre COVID Thanksgiving tournament week busyness, but I think we've even surpassed that um, with the amount of games we had last week. Thanksgiving tournaments were kind of dying on the vine a little bit naturally and then COVID killed them a lot of them dead but it, it seems like things came back and the crowds were really big at rich well mike it's just so it's so hard to i mean 31 games is a lot of people forget for years and years and years yeah. decades and decades and decades the the limit was 25 games and then it was a mixture of tournaments and games now it's just a flat 31 so if you're a conference that doesn't play a ton of conference games. Let's say you play 10 conference games. That's 21 games to fill. So uh, they are trying to add as, you know, as many of those games as they can. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week and we will have an awful lot. A lot of the speculation will be gone. Finally, we'll have actual basketball to talk about. It's a major result and maybe a new number one already. Thanks for listening.